time of need Ever present help in time of need The way and the truth and the life to me Ever present help in time of need I will trust your promise I will trust your promises to me
Well, welcome to Firm Foundation Ministries. We're excited to have you here. 
Uh, if you're watching here or watching live stream, we're super excited. Uh, Pastor Don is up in Kalamazoo at our FFM Kalamazoo Church up there today. And so uh, Breno's going to be bringing the word. We're, we're super excited about that. Next week, we start a new series that Pastor Don's going to be leading. So make sure you get here for that as we do that. Also, we have Pastor Appreciation Celebration is going to take place next week, next Sunday. So make sure you uh, appreciate our, your pastors. Show us a sign of appreciation. Bring cards uh, for, for next week. We'll, we'll take up an offering next week as well. You can give online if you want to do that through our church app. Uh, all that uh, finances will go to bless our on, on staff pastors, our full-time pastors. And uh, we will do that next week as, as well. That will be our last week for that. But we'll uh, take an opportunity to, to especially want to uh, make sure that we recognize those that are full-time. We do have uh, several pastors here, and, and uh, Pastor Eddie, Pastor Tim, and, and we just appreciate all that they do and the responsibility that they do to carry on the ministry here. Uh, your eldership team does a, a fine job and sacrifices a lot. I'm sure that during the pandemic you appreciated those calls and visits uh, online and connections. So. Uh, make sure you, you uh, bring a card, and, and if you want to do something creative with uh, maybe some gift cards or those kind of things to bless them personally, feel free to do that. It's a great opportunity to do that. Uh, Mike, Mike and I are going to be a host this morning, so if you have a prophetic word or something to share, please contact one of us. Operation Christmas Child is still underway, and if you could get online on our church app or on the website, you can sign up and fill out a box online if you'd like. There's also some boxes in the back. Make sure you take those. Uh, and a reminder, if you want to go to Chicago to help fill some boxes, uh, get a hold of Lowell Troyer. They're going to go to the warehouse and do that kind of thing. If you would like to help with remodeling uh, a deck and building a ramp for the Owsleys as, as Caden comes home, please contact Pastor Rod. And we just want to thank you for coming. We had a, a funeral here yesterday, and it was a great time of celebration, great time to, to just uh, sow the word into the, into the community. We are the people of God in the community to impact the community, and so we're excited that you came. May the Lord bless you today as you uh, seek the Lord and, and as God speaks to his people. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Let's stand. As we get ready to worship the Lord, it is so good to be here. I was gone for three weeks, and it felt like forever. <laughs> um, some of you know what that feel, how that feels. We all know what that feels. But when everyone else is out and about, and you have to stay home, it's kind of like you're punished, right? <laughs> but we praise God for His faithfulness, His presence that is with us wherever we go. Father, right now, we just pray that you would surround this place with your presence, that you would just come, let your glory fall in this place right now. Lord, that you would fill our hearts with you, with more and more of you, with more of who you are. We just want your presence, Lord. Take us away, pull us away from the things that distract us and that keep us away from you. Father, we focus on you right now. We surrender to you. Take our lives, take our minds and our hearts. Let them be captivated to you and you alone, Jesus. Fill this place right now, Lord, with your glory. This is why you're here. It's because of you. It's because of your grace. It's because of your love. It's because of your mercy. 
a grace that cannot be bought or sold, only received by a Father who loves. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Come and move in this place. Come and move, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Have your way in this place right now. We surrender to you. Every minute that we spend in this, in this place, let it be surrendered to you. Amazing grace. Celebrate this morning. Come on. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory. The King above all kings Who shakes the whole earth With holy thunder And leaves us breathless In awe and wonder The King of glory The King above all kings This is amazing grace This is unfailing love that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. You lay down your life, that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Come on, we can clap, we can lift him up this morning with everything that we have. The word of God that says that everyone, everything who has breath, praise the Lord. Lift a shout unto him. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The king of glory, the king above all kings. Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. Yeah, this is amazing grace. This is a failing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is 
to glorify your name, to lift up your name on high, Lord. There's no one else like you. We just want to lift up our voice, Lord, and declare you are the only one we're going to worship. You are the only one we're going to give praises. You are worthy, Lord. just want to say thank you for your love. You love us so much. So I am so imperfect. But you love me anyway. Just come down, Lord. Just come and meet us here, Lord. As we worship you, just come. Come, Lord. And just dwell in our worship. Glory and 
more time, church. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Thank you for your love, Jesus. We thank you for your love. There's only one way to respond, but to worship you. Come and bow before you, declare you're holy. You are holy. You are holy and worthy to be praised. Today we respond to your love with worship, with adoration unto you, King of kings. King of kings, Lord of lords, be exalted in this place. Be worshipped and adored, for you are worthy of it all. Only one word, it says in, Je in Revelation, only one word, as everyone bows their knees before the only one who is worthy. Holy, holy is he. You're free to bow down. You're free to show your reverence unto the Lord. Not only free to do that, but encouraged to do that, because like I said before, grace cannot be bought. Grace can't be sold. It is only received because our Father in heaven sent his Son to die for you and for me. And the blood that was shed on the cross is what gives us freedom to stand before the throne of God to worship. So I encourage you today to bow down before the King of Kings, you and him alone. There's only one word comes to mind. There's only one word to describe. Only one word comes to mind. There's only one word to describe. Oh.
King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in this room right now. The creator of the universe, he's in this room right now. And I know he deserves so much. He deserves every praise. He deserves every adoration. So for the next two, three, or 30 minutes, whatever God does, before we even go into the message, I want each and every one of you to just think for a moment that the creator of this universe, the one who created all things, the one who created you, he is here tonight. In what way will you show him reverence right now? Maybe it means falling on your knees for the next two minutes and calling him holy. Maybe it's raising your hands, but whatever it is, I, don't want to, I do not want to miss out on the fact that he's here this morning and he deserves every breath. He deserves every praise. He deserves every bow. He deserves every hand to be risen. He has done so much. For the rest of eternity, we will proclaim holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The Bible says that the angels, they, they bow before him. The 24 elders, they bow before him forever. How much more should we? Sing it out holy. Holy, Lord God Almighty. Lord God Almighty. Yes, God, you are holy. morning. Thank you for being here with us this morning, God. We do not want to go a day without remembering the good things you have done in our lives. And God, we give you the praise and honor this morning. We ask that you continue to move, you continue to speak. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Let's give a hand to the Lord this morning. You may be seated. We'd like to welcome you this morning. Let's welcome all our visitors again real quick. If this is your first time to FFM, or if this is your second, third, we would just like to welcome you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us for this service. And to all those who are listening live stream, thank you so much for tuning in. And with that, remember, if you guys have your phones, please take five seconds to click share on Facebook as we continue to spread the good news, spread the message online as, as there are people home right now who may not have a home church, they might not be able to leave their house because they're quarantined. That's why it's super important for us to share the live stream. Yep. Super excited to be bringing the message this morning. And every time I, I, for the rest of my life, as long as I have a mic in front of me or a voice in my voice box, I just want to like to honor Pastor Don and Lisa 
just for the lives, just for their, their, the love that you, they give this church. Can we just take a moment to give a hand to Don and Lisa? As they have done so much, so much at this church and even the rest of the elders. Can we just take a moment to give a hand to the leaders of this church? Thank you, guys. To the leaders, to the pastors for allowing, uh, for allowing me to speak and to share my heart. It's just, it shows you guys what, what we're about here at Firm. This is your first time. I'm not the main pastor. Our main pastor is a lot uh, better looking than me, a lot stronger than me. As you see, I'm wearing a, sh- a long sleeve. That's actually my size. You know, Don, he wears about two sizes smaller to show his arms. But I have a long sleeve to, uh, this morning. Um, but just to show you the heart of this church, you know, they're having a 21-year-old up here uh, sharing his heart. And this church is all about the next generation. This church is all about, uh, all about seeking uh, in prayer. What is God doing with us, but what is God doing for the next generation? Come on. Because this group right here, they're the future of the church. They're the future of FFM. They're the future of the kingdom of God. And what I love about this church is that they, they give everything they have to pour into this group. They did everything they could to pour into my life. And I want to tell you today, like, like you may have heard, I work here full time. I have the honor and privilege to work with Pastor Don. And I want to let you know that that wasn't forced. I chose to come back on purpose. Breno did. Breno wasn't forced. I didn't have to. I chose to come back and to work with Pastor Don. I chose to work with Firm. And the greatest reason, I, like I say, I love the leadership here so much. There are many reasons why I love it here. But the greatest reason why I came back was because they loved me for me. They loved Breno when no one else did. They believed in Breno when no one else did. They loved me, and they were kind to me, and they treated me as their son. That's why I came back. I didn't come back because Don preached good, and he does. Come on. It's, this is tough for me to come back right after a marriage sermon series like that, right? Like, that was an amazing series. And please, next week, we're going to be starting a family series, and I'm super excited about that. Um, and he's one of the best preachers I know. But for, I did not come back to Fern because he preached good. I didn't come back because of the new building. I don't know if y'all know, back, back in the old time, old, the old days, when I, was, when I was younger, you know, our, back when I was, you know, a boy, Donna, yeah, uh, the, the church cut right here, the exit sign, that's all of this, this was all grass, right? No, it was like a children's room, but it, it was, we had half these seats, you know, back in my day, you know, this was yellow. We had an ugly yellow color here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love the yellow. Yeah, that's right, Betty. It was in when we did it. Amazing church. God has blessed us financially to to provide this amazing room. But I didn't come back because of this room. I didn't come back because Eddie improved his singing voice. I didn't come back, you know, which is true. You know, I didn't come back because of that. I came back because they loved me like Jesus loves me. I'm 21 and I live at home. Okay. I'm proud to say that I live with my parents. Free rents. Can I get an amen? <laughs> free rice. Free beans. All y'all young people that say, I want to go. I'm going to go live on my own. You have fun with your little tuna cans. All right? I'm eating like a, like, like a celebrity tonight with my parents cooking. You know, I live at home. You know, I love my family. But I didn't come back to live at home just for the food and the free rent. Those were pluses. I came back because they loved me like Jesus. They loved me in every season. 
They took care of me in every season. They were kind to me in every season. That's why I came back. I call my best friends my best friends because they love me in every season. You're thinking of those friends right now that they've seen your dark side. They've seen your dirty side. Why do you call them your best friends? Not because they were there for just for the birthday party. They were there when you were an addict. They were there when no one else was with you. I call my best friends my best friends because they love me like Jesus, right? One day, I desire to marry someone who will love me like Jesus. I surround myself intentionally with people who will love me like Jesus. Yep, I'm going somewhere with this. And when I, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about my life, you know, and, it, and I realized that the way I navigate every single day is revolves simply around who loves me, like Jesus. You may not even realize it this morning, but the way you live your life is simply reflected by the love that others give you, right? Your daily relationship patterns and decisions that you make are based off of who gave you respect, who, who took the time to listen to you, who treated you like a man or a woman at work. The decisions we make every day are based off who treated us the way we wanted to be treated. Here's why I'm saying this this morning. Here's why I want to talk about this. I feel like we don't talk about it enough. One of the greatest gifts, church, that we can receive and give is love. A love from a friend, a love from a brother, it's one of the greatest gifts we can receive and give today. But I feel like we don't talk about it enough. We need to talk about this more. And it breaks my heart because when I look out into the world, I look out on social media, I look at the news, I look at how people are treating each other. Loving others has become unnecessary, insignificant, and optional. Treating others with respect, regardless of where they are at in life, has become an option. It's interesting. We will spend eight to ten hours a day working a job we don't like. Hello, somebody. That was weird. I said, hello, somebody. Ugh, that's not me. That's Don. <laughs> I rebuke that. Let me, I'm going to start that over. That's Don, but that's not me. We will work. An eight to ten hour job. Every single day, eight to ten hours for a job. We don't like. Amen. <laughs> that flows better off the tongue. So we'll work this job. We'll put 40 hours into a job we don't like. But we won't have the time to call our friend for five minutes and say we love him. Something that is priceless. The, priority, the, the priorities in our life has, have been switched. Loving others. Loving the people that are in our lives has become insignificant. This is the greatest gift, church. The greatest gift you carry in your heart as a Christian is the love of Jesus. That's the greatest thing we can give to Centerville. That's the greatest thing we can give to Sturgis. And the rest of our community is the love of Jesus. And without this love of Jesus, we become so self-centered that we will always choose the route that will benefit our comfort more than the benefit of our brother. 
How many times do we wake up in the morning and say, okay, God, thank you for this day. How can I bless the coworker that I don't like? No, it's always, okay, I'm going to need 15 minutes to drink coffee so I can be rested for work. And then I'm going to have to go to this department of work so I can avoid this coworker, and then I can avoid this coworker, and I can avoid this coworker so I don't have to deal with the drama. Without this love of Jesus in our hearts, we can live this selfish life that is not the gospel. God is always giving us opportunities, especially today, to love. I know I'm not the only one that thinks this, but today in 2020, this world needs some love. And what's scary to me is, if the Christians aren't loving others, we're in a battle right now. And if those who have this Christ love in their hearts, if they're not the ones taking the time to respect their enemies and to love their enemies, I don't know who is. And this has been burning in my heart for so many weeks because I've been praying, God, I do not want to complicate your gospel. I do not want to complicate my life as a Christian. And I've been praying, God, simplify this to me. And he did by sending me to Matthew 22, verse 37. If you would like to turn with me in your Bibles, to Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38. And we hear about this scripture a lot. As a kid, I've always heard about this scripture. But man, this, this verse has touched me in a whole nother level these days, especially on where we're at today in this world. Matthew 22, 37 through 38. So to give you some context, Jesus, he's living on this earth during this time. Jesus, son of God, he came to this earth, lived here for 33 years. Out of those 33 years, three of those years, he had a public ministry that really changed the world. And we are experiencing his public ministry in the scripture right here. And he's, he's having a conversation with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These, these, are, these were the religious people at the time, and they didn't like Jesus. So we, we, we see Jesus in a moment having this conversation with the Pharisees, and they're trying to embarrass Jesus. They're trying to mess up his wording for him to say the wrong thing. So he, he's, they're, asked, they're challenging him about the law. They're challenging him about um, the greatest commandment. So in 36, the Pharisees say, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love the neighbor as yourself. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. God, I pray that you speak to us through this word. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and speak here in this room today. In Jesus' name, amen. Love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And in this scripture, I don't know if you caught it, but he said, this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. The second is like it. In the Mark version, it says, there's no commandment greater than these, plural. So, so he says, love your God with all your heart. But then I'm going to tell you something else, and this is just as important. Just 
as important, love your neighbor. Love your God. Love, love, love me. Come, worship me on Sunday. Look at the cross. Worship me. Pray to me. Bless my name. And then go bless your brother just as much. It's so easy to love those that we love, right? It's so easy to love those that do love us back, you know? Like, of course you're going to be nice to your mom. She's done so much for you. Like, of course I'm going to hug and kiss my mom every morning. Because I know that she's the first person to come hug me, right? Of course you will love your grandparents. They do amazing things. Of course you're going to be nice to your crushing youth group because you want them to be your girlfriend. Amen, guys? Don't answer. I'll see you all Sunday night. You know, it's, it's nice. It's, it's easy to be nice to those that are nice. But the truth is, sadly, this is not the greatest commandment in the Bible. We are not commanded to love those that we love. Our commandment is to love our neighbor. There's a difference. Now, you may be asking, who is our neighbor? Well, it could be your real neighbor. It could be your brother. It could be your friend, but it could also be your enemy. It could be that annoying coworker that you try to avoid. It could, it could be literally anyone. But in the context of the scripture, Jesus is telling us, love everyone like you love yourself. And in another scripture, Luke 6.32, Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? That's crazy. Even sinners love those who love them. Even people who don't walk with God, they love their girlfriend, they love their wife, they love their parents. There's no, Jesus is telling us in the scripture, what reward do you have? But when you love your enemies, there is a great reward in heaven. God's moral expectation of us can be really briefly and powerfully said in these two statements. Love God, love people. And if a relationship with God is real in our lives, it will be shown by the love we have for our community, by the love we have for our neighbors. And we cannot just say, all I need is a relationship with God and nothing else. It'd be like a bird saying, all I need is one wing to fly. A bird needs two wings to fly, right? When we, when we think about the fullness of the gospel, the full gospel of Jesus Christ, you need both. To live out, to be the man that you have been called to be as a follower of Jesus, to be the woman of God he has called you to be, there needs to be both loving God and loving others. Both are important today. You can't have one without the other. And the good news is, church, he's given us the grace to do it. You might be here this morning, you might be thinking, that's impossible. Breno, you do not understand the enemies that I'm facing every week. And I get it. And I have faced many enemies as well. But God has given us the grace to do it. And before I even continue in this, this sermon, I just want to let you know that God loves you so much. I don't know where you're at with him this morning. Maybe this is the first time you've ever stepped in church. But he wants to walk with you. He loves you. 
He's going to give you the grace to do things you thought you could have never done before. He's going to give you the mercy to keep being the man and woman you're called to be, no matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you mess up. God wants to walk with you, church. God wants to be a part of your life. He doesn't just want to be a part of your life. He wants to be your whole life. This scripture here, it says, his strength, God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. So when Breno's weak, he is strong. So I want you to keep that in mind this morning as we, as we get, as I as well, get convicted on who I need to be today as a man of God. But remember that God has given us the grace to love God, love him, and to love others. Amen? So before we even get into how to love our neighbor, how to love our enemy, what does it take like practically? I first want to talk about the why. You know, you might be thinking, okay, I'm, I have to do this because I'm a Christian, because I have to listen to the Bible, because I have to listen to my pastors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but is there any type of motivation for me to do this? Yes. The greatest motivation in history to live our lives and to love others is this. 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think about that. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Aren't you so glad God came first? Man, I don't think anyone's glad. Are you happy that God took you from your dark pit? Is there any, I'm going to need some help. Is there anyone here that is so happy, so glad that God saw you when you were depressed and you were in the, the medication wanting to take your life, but he came and gave you joy? Is there anyone here that is so happy that when you were laid off and you thought you had no more job, he provided the food, he provided another job? Is anyone here so happy that when you were sick and had every physical issue doctors could list down, he healed that? Let's just take a moment to praise God this morning. Come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. He saw you when no one else did. When you thought you were a nobody, he called you somebody. When you thought you had no worth and no purpose, he came in and said, watch what I'm going to do with you. That is a reason to praise this morning. And I will never skip a day without taking time and thanking him that when he could have chosen anyone else, he chose me. He could have loved anyone else, but he loved you. He chose you. That is a reason to be thankful. That is a reason to praise in the storm. That when no one else wanted me, he came into my bedroom that night. And he satisfied my soul. I could live with that. If y'all don't hear this message to me, if you don't hear the message today, I'm going to leave still confident knowing that my God still loves me. And that he has so much more for me than I can ever imagine. That could, I, could, I, could, I could list out every strength I have, every desire I have, and he's going to push that aside and say, watch what I could do even more. Man, come on. Jesus is our hope. I'm going to be honest with you. This has been probably the craziest season some of us have ever experienced. But I am not stressed. I am not fearful. 
I have confidence in my God. I have confidence in my Father because He was with me in my darkest time. So this season is nothing. This, this season is nothing to me. That's the reason to praise, church. There's no greater motivation. And, when, and we, we need to love our enemy the same way God loved us. And what's crazy, when I read Scripture, when I, when I live in this world, I begin to see that God is the greatest example on loving an enemy. Think about it. We all know people in our lives that say God isn't even real. We all know people that curse God. This world is filled with broken people, angry people who hate God. When I lived in New York City, I saw with my own eyes people spitting in my face, just, just cursing me out because I was by a prayer station. There are people out there right now, church, who are murdering Christians because they hate God so much, because they hate Christianity so much. But what did God do? He sent his son for them. And it just blows my mind that I, that I see the hatred going on in the media. I see the hatred going on in Iraq and Iran and in these different countries. And I think to myself, wow, Jesus loves them just as much as he loves me. And that's a love that we cannot explain. But I want to live for a God that I can't explain, right? So when I think about this love that God has for me, then I think about the love that I give my neighbor. It sometimes seems contradicting, right? When I think about this unconditional love that I've received from my father, when he had every reason to judge me, he didn't. Then I think about the love I'm giving to my coworkers. It's a little different. But like I said, is there any type of motivation? Yes. The greatest motivation to love someone that doesn't love you back is knowing that Jesus loved you when, he, when you didn't love him back. Knowing how imperfect I am, knowing how, how imperfect Breno is, I bet it's a pretty humbling experience for God to love me. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I think about the blessing that God has for me. I'm like, man, this must be a humbling day for you, Lord, to still love me for everything I just did last night. Like that, that is a humbling, it is humbling sometimes for God to come and love us because I don't deserve his love. None of us deserve the love that God has for us. And culture today preaches fairness, right? What's fair? We, we need to be fair. Culture today preaches fairness, preaches equality, preaches fairness. But if we want to be fair today, none of us deserve God. If we want to be fair today, and we want to be honest, we all deserve hell. Here at Firm, we don't, we're here to preach the truth. I don't know if this is your first time, but we don't want to preach what makes us feel good. We're here to preach the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the truth is, I don't deserve heaven. I was born a sinner. We were all born sinners. We do not deserve heaven. We do not deserve the cross. But through that, through the crucifixion of Jesus on that cross, through the resurrection, I have a free door to enter in. What a gift. The greatest gift we could ever receive. We don't deserve his love. God isn't, God, God's love is not fair, church. 
It's unconditional. God's love is unconditional. Is our love unconditional? Is our love for our coworkers unconditional? Because when I think about my life, this becomes very challenging and convicting because, to be honest, my love isn't unconditional most of the time. I struggle with unconditional love. You know what? Many of us, we walk around with a conditional love. We walk around with this fair love. You know what? We walk around with a love contract. I'll love you, but there are some conditions. I love you. You know, I'm a Christian. I, love, I truly want to love you. But first, answer me this. Are you taking your kids to school or are you keeping them home? Because that's going to be... I love, like, I want to go out to eat with you. I want to I hang out with you. I want to love you like Jesus would. But first, answer me this. Are you the type to wear a mask or to not wear a mask? We're friends on Facebook. You know, we're friends. I love you. I want to be a part. I love you. I want to treat you as Jesus would. But before I determine whether or not I'm going to be nice to you on Facebook, answer me this. Who are you voting for? We're walking around with this love contract. And we're looking at this, determining who can I love, instead of looking at him and saying, who do you want me to love today, regardless of opinion. We have this love contract in our hands, and we're saying, you know, I, I want to love you, but I need to look at this first, you know, as long as they're just like me, as long as they're clean, as long as, long as they have papers, as long I, I'm looking at this list, determining whether or not I'm going to love you, as long as they don't have a bad attitude, but let me tell you something, when you had a bad attitude, Jesus called you his. When you were the one struggling with alcoholism, who was the one that came and satisfied you that night? When you were the one that had anger problems, who came in and gave you peace? That was God when you didn't deserve it. You were the one that was laid off. You were the one that had no job. But who came and provided the bread, milk, and the eggs when no one else did? It was God. When you were living in pornography, when you were saturated by this sexual sin, God came in and he purified your heart like never before. In church, listen, when we limit our love and kindness to others, we begin to forget the love and kindness God gave to us. When we begin to look around and point fingers and judge people because they're too dirty for church or they're too sinful to be my friend, we forget that there was a day that we were too sinful and dirty for church, but Jesus still opened up his church for us. And it is time to love like never before. There is someone out there right now that needs you the same way you needed Christ five years ago when you wanted to take your life. The joy that Jesus gave you is the same joy that your friend needs right now from you. There was a day when you had a miscarriage and you felt lonely, you felt broken, but God came in and he loved you and he blessed you. And you have that friend right now who is going through that same season and they need you right now. They need you. They need someone for once in their life to actually love them and check on them and see how they're doing. If we truly want to be the hands and feet of Jesus today in 2020 FFM, we need to start loving unconditionally.
And I feel like this morning, Jesus wants some of us to rip up our love contract and say, it doesn't matter their political view. It doesn't matter what they think about the masks. I'm going to love them anyway. It doesn't matter if they're still walking in sin. It doesn't matter if they're still smoking weed, whatever. God has called me to love. God has called me to love. It's time for us to love others without condition, fairness, entitlement, impartiality. Because when Jesus had every reason to push me away, he pulled me in close. And our neighbor today is in need of a friend who will just pull them in close. With a love not dictated by social class or opinion, but an unconditional love the same way Jesus did for us. We love because he first loved us. That is, that motivates me this morning to go out and love my enemy. Because when I was an enemy of Jesus, he still loved me. And as we continue in this, in this sermon, I want to talk about some, some practical ways to love others. Because like I said, we, it is time to love others. It is time to take care of our enemies, to take care of our neighbors today. Because if we won't, who else will? My first thing I want to say is love like Jesus loves. The greatest way to look at how can we love others, we need to look at the life of Jesus. And see, how did he love? You know, what were some different character traits that Jesus had himself when he loved others? John 13, 35 says this, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have a love for one another. This is one of my favorite scriptures because we can, over, we can complicate the whole strategy on how to evangelize and how to impact people. But it says, they will know you are my disciples by how you love one another. This shows me that's important to love. So I just real quick have two key areas where we can love others like Jesus. And my first point this morning is we need to be kind. When I think about love, I think of that verse, love is patient, love is kind. Kindness is simply what love is. By definition, kindness is love. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forever forgave you. And like I said in the beginning, kindness, it's become an option in today's world. But in the kingdom of God, Kindness is an expectation. We are expected to love others with kindness, to be kind, to be nice. Be willing to make the life of someone else better off having because they met you. Can your coworkers, can the people in your life say that my life is greater today because they're in my life? I don't know about you, but when I read about these stories in the Bible, they could confidently say, you know, this Jesus of Nazareth, I didn't know him before, but now that I do, my, my life is a lot better. I think of the woman at the well. I think of the disciples. I think of the Zacchaeus. These different people that encountered Jesus, even for a moment, they could say, because I met him, we only talked for 15 minutes, but because I met him, my life is greater. Can they say the same thing about you? I only work with him three days a week, but because I know this person, he has a, he ha, he's just so peaceful at work. 
He's just, he's just so kind to the boss. I don't get it. It's kind of weird. But there's just something about him. God gives us opportunities every day to change people's lives. We do not go a day without an opportunity, an open, to door, open door to be like Christ. It doesn't always look the same, but there's always an opportunity to love others like Christ. In Scripture, like Matthew 5, Jesus says, we are the salt of the world. We're the salt of this earth. You know? And lately I've been learning how to make rice by my mom. She's trying to kick me out of the house. So she's, you know, she doesn't really want me to teach. She just wants me to leave. And so I've been learning how to make rice. And the other day she was like, go ahead by yourself. She's right there, but I'm like, yeah, I got this, you know. So I put the water, you know, I put, I put the rice, put the garlic first, garlic on the bottom of the pan, chia, you know, first. And then my answer here, they know how to make rice. So I put the water, put the rice, mixing it. See, I was testing you. <laughs> and I was about, I was about to put the I was about to close the lid without putting salt. Luckily, luckily, mom was there, and I felt her look pierce through my head. Cause y'all know that Anne Renee look, where it's like she's in the room, and you could tell that she knows what you've been doing. She's like mad. At, I felt it through my head, pierce through, and then shot back to my heart. And I'm just like, I forgot something. And I look over. She's like, the salt. I'm like, yes, of course, the salt. Because that would have been so bad if we had rice without salt. That would have been, been bad. Because salt is important, right, Betty? Salt is important when we cook. I mean, it's still rice, you know. It ain't good rice. <laughs> it's like cafeteria rice. Sorry, any, any cooks here for the school system, I'm sorry. It was a joke. It was a joke. But, you know, that salt. It brought that flavor. It brought that flavor, you know, you know, like that we need that sea salt for the for the steak, right? Like like Ramona, good steak, you gotta have that sea salt. It's important, you know, because without the salt on the steak, it's like it ain't it ain't steak, you know, the type of steak that touches your soul. Like like you wanna pray after eating my dad's steak. Like you wanna run to the altar. Like it's that salt. It's that salt. And God has called us to be this type of flavor in other people's lives. Because a lot of people today, they don't know Christ and they're living a bland life. They're still living. They're still waking up. But do they have that flavor, that heavenly flavor every day? They need that from you. This flavor, this, this salt, this, this, this eternal love that is in us. You know, it's neat. These people need it. And you're going to go to work tomorrow, and there's going to be a coworker there, co-worker there and they're, going to have, they're having an okay day. They're having a bland day. And what if you just went over there and just sprinkled some salt on their life? Just a little, just a little bit. Just a little bit of salt. But that, that little bit of salt makes a big difference. That, um, hey, I just want to say you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Hey, I just want to say sorry for yelling at you last week. It was a bad week. How are you doing? Or just be like, hey, how's your wife? What we don't realize is that these, these little touches, these many touches, make a huge impact 
It's real. It's a fact that we may not even realize it. Like there, were, there have been times in my life where I went to a friend, I'm like, hey man, I just want to say that you're a great friend. Thank you for being loyal. I love you. <laughs> thank you for saying that. I've just been going through so many things this past two weeks, man. No one loves me, man. Just thank you. I'm just like, I just want just to, just a little sprinkle, you know, the flavor. <laughs> then here I am hugging this, this guy because I said, keep up the great work. But we don't, we don't, guys, we don't know what our coworkers are going through. We don't know what the people around us are going through. They just need a little bit of salt in their life, some flavor. But I know it's not easy. I understand it's not easy because we try. You know how it is when you try to be nice and then they just respond with so much hate. I remember one time I was working at McDonald's in high school and during that time, you know, I was like, like being discipled by like Tim and Don, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be Christ-like today, you know? So I, I, get, I get to the grill, and I'm working with the guy next to me. I'm like, hey, man, I just want to say, you've been, you've been doing a great job this shift, man. Keep up the good work. And he said, shut up. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to throw the McDouble in his face, you know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. It's like, to be honest, I'm doing a lot better than you, but I just wanted to be Christ-like today. Like, you, you guys know what I'm saying. Like, it's hard. It's hard to be Christ-like today because people don't throw it back. <laughs> it's real. I pray for that coworker every day now. I don't even know where he's at. I'm just praying. You know, it's, this, is, this is a real thing we go through when, when we love others and they don't love us back. You know, but, but we hear this, not even the church, we hear this all through um, just life. Hurt people hurt people. And it's true. This is true. Hurt people hurt people. There's a reason why they're yelling at you. There's a reason why they're so stressed at work. There's a reason why they're always disrespectful to you. Check this out. We need to have grace for our enemies. We need to have grace for our enemies. And in the Bible, Jesus says, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who persecute you. Pray for your enemies. You know why I think Jesus said pray for your enemies? Because they need prayer. It's the truth. Our enemies need prayer. And we don't know what they're going through, like I said. Like, we know, why is the sixth grader bullying the other kids? Because he's probably getting bullied at home. You see your coworker yelling at your face, calling you all these names, but you don't know what he's getting called at home by his parents, by his spouse, whatever it is. We don't know the totality of the things people are going through. We even say it for our, for our own lives. I'm sorry, man, you don't know what I'm going through. Like, please don't talk to me like that. You don't know what I'm going through. None of us, we, we cannot, we do not have the full capacity to understand what our brother is going through. But the problem is we're walking around with so much entitlement that we just, we, we, we create this story in our mind that we create these false expectations on how they need to treat me. And if they don't meet it 100% of the time, I'm going to shoot right back. And this gets scary because we do not know what our enemies are going through. And maybe you're thinking about these people in your life and maybe they're not saved, you know. Because it's possible to have enemies in the church. But majority of the time, at least in my life, I've dealt with, I've, I've, I've dealt with people who aren't saved. You know, people who don't know Christ. And 
we need to remember as believers that we know that we can come cast our cares to God. As believers, we understand that God is in control. That even if COVID is going crazy, even if our leaders don't know, God knows. We have this peace. Christians have this hope and assurance that believers don't have. And sometimes I think, wow, I don't know how I would be able to live today without knowing that God is in control. And even us, we go through stuff too. We go through bankruptcies. We go through divorce. We go through miscarriage. We go through health issues. We go through financial problems. We go through it. Imagine going through those things without God. Imagine facing these battles, these unexpected battles without God and without prayer and without a church family. Just think for a moment how that would be. Well, many people out there are going through that right now. A lot of our friends are having a way different Sunday experience than we are because they, they, they don't have that assurance that their bills will be paid next week. They don't know that God pr- provides for the ravens and for the birds like we do. So we need to really pray for our enemies. We really need to pray for our enemies, church, because there is a community out there dying because they don't know Jesus. And all they need is one person. Spread a little salt. And that's us. That's what we're called to do. Love with no condition. Love with no condition, church. And hear me right. When I say love, I'm not, I'm not saying, yeah, you're expected to go hang out with them every day, take them out to eat every day. No, you don't, you don't have to do that. It's possible to love others simply by how you respect them, how you talk to them, how you talk about them. I just hear something. How we talk about people when they're not in the room. That's how you love others. You don't have to be a best friend to every single person. But you, may, you might be the only person that's complimenting them at work. That's all they need, church. All they need is a friend that will love them regardless. Regardless of opinion. Regardless of, of what position they have at church. Regardless of how beautiful they are. Whatever it is, we're called to love with kindness. Blessed are you when man persecutes you. Rejoice in that day. Great is your reward. This is a promise from God that maybe you're here and you've been trying. You've been loving your enemies. You've been praying for your enemies. And you get knocked down, knocked down, knocked down, and you feel like you have no progress. Well, our Father sees. And if you don't receive reward here on earth, you will receive it in heaven. Rest in that promise, church, that the Lord sees your kind heart. He does. Maybe no one else sees it, but God sees your integrity. He sees your kindness. He sees your love to everyone else. It will pay off. So we need to be kind, church. Another point, man, to be honest with you, this whole sermon could be a whole sermon series. Like, I, like, I wish I could just do this in like two months, like, because it's just so much. I'm trying to put it all together. But one big point I wanted to talk about today is honesty. So we need to be kind and we need to be honest. And many relationships are dying today because we're fake. We're fake. A lot of relationships are dying today because we're not honest. We're not being honest. 
with our relationships. We're not telling the truth. We're not being real with our relationships. And, and I'm here to tell you today behind the pulpit that confrontation is biblical and it's okay. Excuse me, healthy confrontation. You notice how I talked about kindness first? Healthy confrontation is biblical. Healthy confrontation is needed for every healthy relationship. It's needed. We need to be real in these relationships. We need to be real about how we talk to our friends. We cannot be fake and talk about them when they're not in the room. Now, I think this is a big thing that I even need to check in my own life. Is that if they're not in the room, their name should not be mentioned. How are we treating those? Are we being honest? Remember in the beginning, because remember when I said, I call my best friends my best friends because they love me like Jesus? Well, loving like Jesus also means honesty. Loving like Jesus also means healthy confrontation and being real. Me and Tyler, he's one of my best friends up to till today. Our, every conversation we've had has, and tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, yeah. Every conversation we've had hasn't been the funnest conversations. We don't spend every single day complimenting each other. We spend every single day challenging each other and encouraging to do more. And you may be in a relationship today, a friendship, where you feel like you want to say this thing, you feel like you want to confront them about something, I encourage you, one, pray about it. Please, if there's, if there's like a grudge in your heart against someone, against a brother, against a friend in your life, pray about it first. Seek counsel. There are many leaders in this room that would love to counsel you because relationships are super important today. One of the most important areas. Pray about it and then come to them one-on-one. That's why I said healthy confrontation is in the Bible. In Matthew 18, it talks about how if you have an issue with your brother, go to him one-on-one first and settle it. I've had great conversations with my friends where I thought they were so mad at me. And they were like, oh, I didn't even realize I did that. I'm sorry, bro. I'm like, oh, cool, sweet, we can move on. But the problem is, because we're so scared to confront, we have a problem with this individual, but then we go and tell everyone except the individual. We see this a lot in friendships. We even see this in the church, if we're going to be honest today. Honest, open, and transparent is that we get so scared about confrontation that all this drama is caused because seven months ago, your friend looked at you in a weird way. And now you twist that because you didn't tell him that he looked at you a weird way in seven months. You go to your other friends and like, don't you hate how Greg just does that? Does what? He just looks at you in a weird way. You know what? Yeah, he does. Greg is the most disrespectful guy I have ever met. You know what? You're right. And we create all this drama and now everyone's mad at this person, and they're not even part of the situation. They're not even part about what happened seven months ago. But if none of that happened, what if you just went to Greg and said, Hey, Greg, seven months ago, 
<laughs> Seven months ago, I said hi, and you just nodded your head. You didn't even say hi back. You just did this. That offended me. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, man. Can you forgive me? Yes, I can forgive you. And that's it. And I think we just overcomplicate this whole, like, confrontation. It's okay to be honest today, you know, because our, our culture is all about offense, you know. Everyone's going to get offended about something. Be real. I mean, Lynette has done an amazing lesson, like, online, and she can talk to you about a lot on how it's so important to be real and to live unoffended, right? That's the unoffended. That's super important. It's okay to be real today, church. And like I said in the beginning, if, if the church of God is not loving others, I don't know who else will. And I'm here to say that with this point, too, is if, if God's people don't have maturity and grow up and be real with our relationships, no one else will. Because this is a biblical principle that is not being preached in society today and in the world. This world loves drama, but God loves honesty. And I promise you today that you will experience some of the most beautiful relationships if you are honest. I want to do an experiment today. So we've been talking about relationships. We've been talking about the, the, the little sprinkle of salt that could impact someone's day. And I wanted to be practical this morning. I don't want you guys to leave here saying, wow, that was so cool and nothing changes. You know, like a, a sermon is supposed to be a catapult. The, the, the complete life change doesn't happen here. It's a catapult. It's an encouragement to go out, and now you do the work. That's, that's what it is. So, and I wanted to kind of bring that into the sermon today because I think this would be really cool. So um, if you can, please take out your phones. Enjoy this, guys. I'm telling you to take out your phones, even though I know y'all have been on it the whole time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll see you all at youth group next week. So pull out your phones. Think of one person in your life right now. Think just one person that, you know, maybe you feel like they need encouragement today. You know, maybe they're your coworker. Maybe they're your brother. Maybe it's your mom or your dad. Maybe it's your spouse and they're not here. Whatever it is, I want you for the next five minutes, message one person. Let them know how much you love them or say, hey, I just want to let you know you're doing a great job at work. Keep it up. Or say, hey, praying for you. Or, hey, let me know if you need anything. Hope you're having a great day. I want all of us to do that real quick. Sorry, I'm, I'm receiving the messages from some of the guys over there. Love you guys. I'm glad y'all are participating. <laughs> All of y'all are participating. I love you guys. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to continue. If you're, if you're still messaging, not a problem. We're going to continue. But I just wanted to do that experiment real quick. 
because we may not even realize it, but that message that you just sent could have made someone's whole week. Someone's received, I love how there's like love in the church, you know? (laughs) That's what's up. But we may not even realize it, guys. But you might have been the first person that encouraged this individual in the last month. This might have been the first positive message that someone received in a long time. We don't know. Only God knows, but you may just have prevented someone from taking their life. You may have just activated a step closer to freedom for somebody because they just realized, they just saw that someone actually cares for them, that someone actually loves them. And what we just did, guys, it can be so much more powerful than preaching a sermon. It can be so much more powerful than a long Facebook post. This could be the most powerful act of love that someone can receive today. And the reason why I'm talking about this today is that we need to talk about this more. And we need to understand, and I want to encourage somebody, if you have breath in your lungs, God can use you. You going to work tomorrow and telling your coworker, keep up the great work, that could touch them more than this whole sermon for them. Because if you notice, there's about maybe 300 people in this room, 250. And how many more thousands in our community today do not want to step into church because they felt judged, because they've experienced the love contract? And what if God is just waiting for a people who will simply love with no condition? Who will be kind without condition? So some practical things besides this, you know, I encourage you. Even, it might sound weird, but it works. Create a list in your phone of people that you want to check up on every day. And call them every day. Text them every day. You know, one of the greatest things I love about my dad is because he calls me every single day, no matter how many times I do not respond. (laughs) It's true. It's the truth. (laughs) But that's one of the greatest reasons why I want to be just like my dad. Not because he was able to fill up my tire. Not because he helps me with finances. Those are all great. But man, the fact that he called me every day, and he didn't realize it, but there are some of those days where it was terrible, where I was out alone in New York City, just scared to death. There was one time, I don't even know if he remembers, but we were on our way to a homeless shelter, and I was sick. I just wanted to cry. I didn't want to be there. I was just super discouraged. And then literally on, on, the, on the food truck, I get a call from my dad. Hey, brother! <laughs> Start singing to me. And, uh, and that really meant a lot. You know? And we can all do that. 
You know, we don't need to have these lists of qualifications on what it takes to be an evangel- uh, evangelist. We're all evangelists in our lives. All it takes is a text. All it takes is a phone call. So I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to take your coworker out to lunch, you know, and be like, hey, man, what are you doing today for lunch? Let me take you out, you know. He might respond with, shut up, or he might say yes, but, but we don't know. And, and you don't know what they're going through that week or even that day. I encourage you. I challenge you. Take a coworker out to lunch. Another big one that is possible is agree to disagree. Especially today with many different opinions and many different sides of things. You know, what if this world could say, you know what? Those Christians, I do not agree with them, but I can respect them because they treat me right. You know, and I think that's huge today is that we don't need to agree with our brother. But we can still respect them. We can still love them. My bro, Brett, you made a really good post about that a couple weeks ago. You know, it's super important. We don't even have to step into it. We can be like, you know, I still love you and respect you. And we can keep moving together. It's possible. Another one. And these are, all, these are all biblical, guys. Like, pray and ask God to see if there's anyone in your life that needs help financially. Pray to God and say, who, who do I know in my life? Who, who can I bless this week? You know? And it might, it might not be anything huge. It might be 20 bucks. It might be a sweater. It might be a coat. It's getting cold right now. A lot of people may not have coats. You know, that is a practical way. That is an action. That is a step of love to give in this community. Who can I bless financially? Because God, he, he tells us to give, to give food to the poor, to help the needy. That's what Jesus calls us to do. So I encourage you, pray, talk to your family. And this could be a great way to even, um, uh, even show your kids what it looks like to be Christ-like, right? For you to come and bring your kids together and say, hey, uh, we want to save up money for this family because they don't have X, Y, Z. Man, your kids would love to do that. And that would be a great way to show them who Jesus is on a day-to-day basis. Another one, if, if, there, if there is anyone in your life that feels like an enemy, and it feels like their mission is to make your life miserable, pray for them. That's what Jesus says. In private, go home, pray for them. It's right here in the book. Bless those who curse you. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Pray for those who mistreat you. Man, if we begin to do this, I, I promise you, we will see revival in this area. We will see revival in households. We will see transformation. We will see life change in our community when we begin to pray for those who curse us because prayer is real. Prayer works. It does. I can testify to that, that when you pray for others, God's going to do something. There were times in my life where I was praying for this person for years, and I got a text back that I never thought I'd ever get. And, hey, can you pray for me? Uh-uh. 
yeah. You know, but I, I, I can confidently say that my, God heard my prayers yeah. in that relationship. And God will hear your prayers. Even if it's a family member and you guys can't even look at each other. When you come together, pray for them. You know, God wants us to win in our relationships. God wants to have healthy relationships. And it's possible, like I said, God gives us the grace, the grace to do it. So those are some practical things because my Jesus is practical. My Jesus is in the little things. God moves in the little things. And we need to stop overcomplicating what it looks like to be like Jesus and simply live in love, church. So we've been talking about these things today. And as I'm closing, you know, I was saying um, it's important to love because Jesus loved us first. And then it's important to love like Jesus But then I want to go back to that first scripture. What was the first words in there? Love God. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And in the beginning, I was saying how it's impossible to have both, you know. We need to have, or sorry, it's impossible to have one without the other. And just on the same side where I said, you know, it's important to love others if you truly love God. Well, I'll tell you this, and this is straight up. If you don't love God, you're not going to love other people. If you don't have a personal relationship with God, it will be impossible for you to have healthy relationships everywhere else. And this isn't even about loving our enemies. This is about every relationship. If your relationship with your father isn't there, if if that's irrelevant, your other relationships are going to crumble and it's going to be broken. You know, and obviously these two points, love God, love people, they are both important. But we need to remember what he said first. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. It is important to love God first. And if we love God, yes, I'll invite the worship team up. It's so important that we look at our own lives today. And before we even look at how are we loving other people, we need to take a look at how are we loving God. Are we, are we loving our Father? Are we taking the time to say, God, I love you? And through that, like I was saying in the beginning, if it wasn't for, sorry for the mess, Amy, you can, if you can, when you come to God one-on-one and you pray with Him, you worship your Father, You will begin to experience this love. You will begin to experience this realization that I don't deserve this right now. And through that right there, there will be this fire in your heart when you're like, wow, God, you love me. You must love them. And when when I spend time with Jesus, when when I begin to experience the fullness of the presence of God, the the full love that I receive from God. All I want to do is go out and love other people. All I want to do is go out and bless other people. When I receive an amazing blessing financially from my Father, all I want to do is go out and bless someone financially. It starts with my relationship with God. That's that's the only way you're going to find true success in your relationships on loving other people. Because yes, This community needs a group of people who will love them, 
But more than that, they need a group of people who will love God more than anything. Our community needs a group of people who will go and pray when no one else is praying, who will go and worship when everyone feels defeated, who will stand up in between the gap of heaven and earth and say, I'm here, Lord, use me. And he will say, great, go love your coworker. Stand with me in this place. Like I said in the beginning, the greatest gift you carry in your heart today is the love of Jesus. But to carry this gift, you must first receive it. It is impossible to give something you don't have. It is impossible to give something you have not yet received. That's why this morning, more than anything, it is so important that this morning, please do not leave this room without meeting your Heavenly Father and coming to Him. Receive it. Because just like how we talked about, there will be times where you go to love others and they don't receive it. Well, that's how God feels. When His love is right open this morning, His love is available 100% this morning and there are people here today that you, you don't even want to receive it because you might be thinking there's no way God wants to give love to this broken person there's no way God has love for me maybe every, every experience you've had in your life has been manipulation maybe every relationship that you have experienced has been dishonesty betrayal. And you might be thinking, if these other people, if they don't love me, there's no way my Heavenly Father is going to love me. But that's wrong. That is a lie. Your Heavenly Father loves you. He wants you. He wants you to want Him. His Word says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. That's a promise, church. Every word in this book is a promise. His word does not return void. This word is true and it's a promise for us today, church. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you this morning. It says, come to me, all who are labor, all who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. All he is saying is come. He's saying, come, receive the love of God today. Receive him with all of your heart, soul, and mind. It doesn't matter how much you sinned last night. It doesn't matter how angry you, might, angry you may feel today. He's saying, let go of that. Come to me. Come to me, your father. And when I think about my own life, I cannot hold it in. I cannot hold in the love that God has given me. That when I was deep in dark addiction to pornography, when I was all alone, God came into my bedroom and he said, you are a pure man of God. When I felt like no one understood, he brought people into my life that would love me and help me walk through that. When I thought there was no option 
There was no chance of freedom. Jesus came in and he saved me. He gave me freedom. He wants to do the same thing for you this morning. And as we go into this song that explains just the beauty of God's love, this is for you. This song is for you. I encourage you to receive this song, receive this word for your life. And I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know if you're in a place where I just, I need the love of God. Or maybe you're in a place this morning where I have this love of God, I have this freedom that Jesus has given me, but, but I'm scared to go out and share it to others. Or I have just struggled with loving my enemy. Today is the day. Today is the day to be the hands and feet of Jesus, church. We will go into this song, The Altar is Wide Open. If you've never heard this gospel before, please welcome home. God has been waiting for this day. Come home. Come receive transformation from Jesus. Whatever it is, God, like I said in the beginning, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is here this morning. Receive him. spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me
this this morning. There's no shadow. Receive this this morning. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. Yes, Jesus. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. Never stop. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. Than the, love, than the love of Jesus. And I want to encourage you, hold on to his love. If you feel like you're in a desert, hold on to his love. If you feel like you have no one around you, hold on to his love. The love of God that's greater than, than anything this, this earth can offer. If you're battling between which lifestyles to live by, choose the love of Jesus. There's nothing more satisfying than the love of Jesus, church. I want to pray for you, but I want to let you know that, that this altar is always open. It's never too late. It's never too late to come and ask for prayer. It's never too late to message someone and say, hey, I didn't go to the altar today, but I need him. I need him.
God, we just want to say thank you for this morning. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for, your, for sending your son, Jesus, down from heaven to earth to live a life 100% man, 100% God. To give us the ultimate sacrifice. To give us eternal life. Father, we do not, just like the song says, we do not earn it. We do not deserve your love. We do not deserve heaven, but because of your love, because of your sacrifice, you have given that to us. And I just want to say thank you. Father, the greatest prayer, you hear me pray all the time, is simply this. Help. Help us, God, as we are facing the world head on. We are facing culture head on. We are facing this broken society head on. And I pray, God, that you give us the strength to remain faithful to your word. I pray you give us wisdom on how to respond. Give us wisdom on how to demonstrate your love to our enemies. I just pray for each and every person out there, God, who doesn't know your name. I pray for them, God, because they need you, God. I pray that you use us as the hands and feet, Father. This is my prayer today that this community will not know FFM as the church across the street from the police station with the big building. I pray that they know us by how we love. I pray, God, that they will know who we are by how we love this world. I pray a blessing over each and every person today that you walk with them today and protect them, God. We give you the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, everyone say Let's give a hand to Jesus today. Have a great day. God bless you and keep you. Peace out.